Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. You don't do evil. You don't give bad gifts to your children. Father God, you're a good daddy. And we love you. You never stop working. Some of us were blessed on this earth to have good daddies that never stopped working for us. And good mamas. But only you all that a billion times you never stop working for your children and I thank you Father God it's a finished product through your word and this morning we as word people are going to put a demand on your word and you're going to finish what you started in our lives we're going to completely be not only redeemed but sanctified and set apart for good works in these last days Father God, we're going to praise you. We're going to honor you. We're going to thank you, Father God. If, if you just lift your hearts up, Lord, I just thank you this morning, Lord, as, as we, we bring our hearts to you, there's manifestation of expectation will happen here. You leave here healed in your body. You and I, we just submit ourselves completely to the Lord. Father God, I thank you for healing, 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 healing in our bodies, in our minds in our finances. This is the day that you never stop working like every other day because the Word works. The Word always works. The Word always works when we release it in joy and in faith and in hope because we have expectation today, God, that you're going to answer your Word, fulfill your promises. You're not a man that you should lie or could lie. And you've never lied to us. Father, we thank you today. Receive our praise, receive our worship, receive sacrifices of this is the best I can do, Lord. We're going to just dive into your word to prove how good you are. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. Well, find three people you haven't, give them a little hug or something, give them a quick hug, and we're going to get into the word. How many appreciates our worship team? I want to thank our worship team as pastor. I want to thank you for bridging the gap, for opening doors, for pushing things down because the tribe of Judah always went ahead and did the warfare and did it and made it easy for the guys to come behind. I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Amen. Amen. God's a good God. How many can say amen to that? Woo, I'm excited this morning. I'm excited God's good. I'm excited I cooked fries all day in my flip-flops and never scalded my feet. I'm just excited. Got a little on my face, but, you know, that's all right. Keep my feet good. Look at your neighbor and say, this is a great day. Everybody do that? Amen. How many just sense the presence of the Lord here this morning? Listen, listen, you can have this all the time. Listen, listen, guys, listen. We're experiencing a mountaintop situation here. We get to go on top of the mountain sometime. Let me tell you what's on top of the mountain. Clean air. Fresh air, clear visibility. Woo-wee, when you get to go on top of the mountain.
It's a mountaintop experience. It's called corporate worship. It's called coming together as a body of believers and worshiping God. I'm telling you, there are pastors this morning would come to the point of almost killing for anointed worship like that. And some of you maybe not been a lot of places like me and old Papa and, 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 and Frank, but I'm telling you, there's places they would put a gun in somebody's ribs for this. I'm telling you, oh, just bathe in it. Father, I thank you. The expectation in this room is high this morning. Father God, to receive what you have for us and, and to give praise to you, Lord. To give praise to you. This is a mountaintop experience. But we've got to go back down in the valleys, Lord. We've got to go back down to where we live and work. We've got to go back down there to see that faith will work. We've got to deal with the stuff and the junk, but we go back with the presence of you. It's a difference, Lord. We go back with the presence of you, and there's a grace on our life to overcome. Amen? Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. Pastor Pat, why are you so excited? Because I'm expecting. I'm pregnant with anticipation. I'm pregnant and believing all of us are going to walk into the grace and the completion of what Christ has started in us. I'm excited today. I don't care how old we are, how young we are. I don't care about that. I just care about expectation. I care about the power of faith and hope. And remember last week we talked about the power of expectation. And if you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1, we're going to get started in the Word. But the definition of expectation is a strong belief. A strong belief that something will happen or be better in the future. A strong belief. I don't know what happened last night. I pray for that kid at UK missed the field goal. Did anybody see the game? Drove down the field. Some of you don't care. That kid missed the field goal, right? I, I turned it off. I couldn't deal with it. Did the kid miss the field goal? Florida won. UK should have won. You know what's good about that? They get to play again. How many say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, we get to do it again. Amen? But listen what expectation means. Listen to the definitions of expectation. It says, a belief, someone will or should achieve something. A belief, someone will or should achieve something. I want to speak just a second here during worship, just God lit me up there, about unfinished miracles. I want to speak just a minute here about the unfinished miracles in your and my life. How many in this room knows that without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus paid a price for our physical healing? By the stripes of Jesus, it belongs to us. And how many has been in some place or expedition of believing in faith for your complete healing? I'm talking about complete healing. I want to encourage you this morning that wherever you're at, there's more for you. I want to encourage you not to give up on your expectations. I want to encourage you to put a demand on the Word of God on the inside of you. And I want to encourage you not to give up. I want to move along too for those financially bound. Just seem to live from check to check. Just seem never to have enough. Just seem to always just barely come up. I want to encourage you to take where you're at today and put expectation on God's Word that He's going to finish what He started in you. I want to put an expectation on you and me to be the soul winners God's called us to be. The Bible says whoever wins souls is what? Wise. And I speak that we're full of wisdom today according to the Word of God, according to Proverbs chapter 4, and all the other verses of wisdom in the Bible. In Christ we receive wisdom. I just want to encourage you, God's going to finish the miracle you're believing for. How many here has got family and friends you've been praying for a long time and they haven't come into the kingdom yet? Or they're backslidden? 
I want to encourage you that God's going to finish what he started. You keep putting a demand on that word. Will you say, I'm going to demand God? No, you're demanding his word. I tell you, when you go in and get a buffet, how many's ever went in to get a buffet, the whole thing? I got something on my bucket list. Just give me a, a, a two-minute carnal timeout, amen? I want to go to Las Vegas, not to gamble, not to look at the lights. I want to eat at Caesar's Buffet, rated number one in Las Vegas. Caesar's Palace. I saw pictures of it. It looked like it was from here to Gent. I never saw anything like it in my life. And they're just dessert bars, and there was bars of this and bars of that. And, and uh, anyway, God's dealing with me about having wrong expectations. But anyway, I, I just don't want you to let up here. I want us to finish strong. I want us to finish with grace and, and, and a mercy on us. I want us to finish with the lights on. I want people to see the lights are on when we leave this place. I want to see people that can look at us and say, I tell you what, they live for God all the way through. Hell and heaven, whatever they went through, they live for God. I'll tell you, I want to leave the lights on for the generation behind me. And not only that, I want us to leave more than the lights on. I want us to leave a foundation and a platform of faith and grace and love and service that everybody want to get on that wagon. Because I'll tell you what, Jesus is coming. How many believes that? And I'm telling you, he's coming soon. But until he comes, the Bible says he's looking for people that will occupy and that means do business as, he was, as if he was here. He is here in me and you this morning. It also means the definition of expectation. It also means a prediction, a forecast. I forecast, I forecast faithfulness in God. You're going to have some storms. You're going to have some rain. You're going to have some situations. But I forecast according to the word of God that we can be confident in this very thing. Whatever God started in you, he's going to finish. I forecast that. Now, it's up to you to be excited. You know, we have to stir ourselves up. How many say amen? That's what, that's what David said. I learned how to stir myself up. How do we do that? We remind ourselves how good God is. We talk about all what he's done. We talk about the promises of the future. And I, I just want you and I to understand there's a power in expectation. There's a power in forecasting, projecting, outlooking, and inheritance belongs to us. There's a blessed assurance that Jesus is mine and all that he has belongs to me. If I can find any promise in the Old or New Testament, it's for me. It's for you. Expectation. Look what his mother said. And do, just do whatever he says. Pour that water in those pots. Just do whatever he says. I'm encouraging you and me this morning, just do whatever he says. When it looks impossible, do whatever he says. Put a demand upon his word. Do whatever he says. Don't let somebody label you, put you in a box, or let you stand in a bucket. When I was little, my dad had a timeout place in the stripping room for me, um, my brother, a uh, little girl, her dad, and mom worked on the farm with it. And he had a little bitty um, stanchion made there in the stripping room. I never knew why. I guess he made it for that. I don't know what it's for. But I'm telling you, when we really got bad, he made us stand in a bucket. You can't do nothing in a bucket. You try to move, you can't do a thing in a bucket. I'm telling you and me to put an expectancy on God and his word and come out of your bucket today. Some of our buckets have been spoken over us. Some of our own families told us what we can and cannot be and do. I'm telling you, get out of your bucket. And if you need somebody to help you get out of the bucket, let's develop a bucket getting out in brigade today. How many say amen? Let's go and help each other get out of the bucket. Traditions, fears, things that have held us back. 
old sayings, whatever. Let's get out of the bucket and let's get into the expectation of God will answer his word. It also means not only blessed assurance, but a state of expectancy. A state of expectancy. So last week we talked about God's unchanging love. How many knows God will never quit loving me and you? It's not about how good you can be. It's not how perfect you can be. It's not built on works. It's built on grace. He's never going to not love you. He might not love some of the things we do or say. How many say amen? How many here has never stopped loving your kids? Or your grandkids? How many's ever had them do something absolutely stupid? Let me ask you this. How many do you ever do anything stupid to your mom and dad? Did they stop loving you? They'll never stop loving you. And that's just an example of earthly love. How about the love of God, the unconditional agape love of God that he'll never stop loving us. Also, we found out last week that there's an unending presence of God. His presence will go with us as we follow him. The presence of the Lord. And number three, the glorious transformation by renewing our mind with the word of God, changing the way we think, pushing out the darkness and confusion and lies of the enemy to receive the promises of heaven. And then we also found out there was a perfect glory. There's a perfect place where God's going to continually work with us. Now, in John 1, I want you to work with me this morning. Everybody got their Bibles out because it's important you got a Bible. It's important we look up these things on our phone or computer or in our literal pages or whatever. And uh, how many has ever answered your kid because I said so? How many ever asked your mom and dad, how come? And they would say because, because I said so. Never explaining exactly what it meant, but just saying I must believe. Well, I want to be a representative for Father God this morning because he loves you and he loves me. And I just want to get to a point in place that just because he says so, let's do it. Bring a joyful noise into the house of God. How many say amen? Bring a joyful noise. We bring the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice. Maybe you had some tough times this week. It was a blessed week for me, but it was a tougher week for me. I, I was involved in three deaths. Uh, two we had funerals for and celebrations of life right here. Um, and one, a friend of mine, his son at 28, um, passed away, the Hendricks family. Chris went home to be with the Lord this week. At least four children, 28 years old. I hate the devil. Does anybody hate the devil? I'm telling you, we need to hate the devil. We need to hate the devil, and every time we can kick him, speak over him, deny him, anything we can do to bring light to what he has done to people, I hate the devil. How many loves Jesus this morning? Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly. There's expectation there. Because you can get halfway to abundantly and just get to the bun. <laughs> Some of us have stopped at the bun. We forgot to leave. Abundantly. Let's finish everything out. Let's get all God's got. Let's clean up our plate. Somebody asked me the other day, said, uh, why are you so big? I said, it's my mother's fault. And uh, they said, your mother, she's a skinny woman. That's how the family's genetically thin. I said, yeah, I had to clean up my plate. Now, how many knows, how many's ever heard that clean up your plate? Because the little kids in China, Africa, Indonesia, southern parts of Alaska not having enough. Anyway, how many say amen? So some of us ate our way through shame. But I wasn't really blaming my mom. You know, that has nothing to do with me. It, it, I'm just telling you, let's clean up our plate what God has set to buffet in front of us. Amen? Let's receive all he has. All he has in him and his word all he has in grace, all he has in the Holy Ghost. Let's just, let's just get the final word from God. Um, 
might not be correct, but when my two kids were raised up, and, and it's, it's surely not systematic. But I would teach them if they need to find somebody, and they need to find an answer, and they need to find a resource, and they need to find a connect point, just go straight to the top, bypass all the other people. That's not correct. That's, that's the, oh, what do you call that thing? That's the good old boy system. Anyway, sorry, I repent. But anyway, because sometimes those people intermediately in between places, they can't give you the answer and they put you off. How many's ever been on the phone for over an hour waiting for somebody to talk to that has an answer? So I told them, well, here's the problem. Uh, the two men that they would do that way, they took it a step further than I expected. And both owned businesses, and basically the, the line was, if you can't find me and you can't find your daddy, here's the cash register, open it up and get what you want. Then tell your daddy. Well, they didn't need to hear that. How many say amen? My children are equal opportunity grabbers. Amen. And if they needed it, they would get it. I'm telling you, God has so many blessings in store for me and you. The Bible says my people perish for lack of what? And I'm going to tie something to knowledge this morning. I'm going to tie expectation. Expectation. I just want you to dream again. Well, it's been so long. I don't care how long it's been. I want you to dream again. I want you to get back on the horse you've been thrown off of. I want you to get back on the bicycle you skinned your knees on. I want you to get back in the middle of what God's doing and finish this thing, clean your plate, be a blessing to all you can, and leave the light on when we leave this place. I believe every one of us, when there's a celebration of our life, when we pass on this earth, I believe wherever that is, in a backyard, in a funeral home, in a church house, I believe people should be saved because the light's on. I believe people should be coming toward God, not from Him, because the light's on. You know, Tom Bodette, leave the light on. We'll leave the light on for you. God's left the light on for us. But he wants us to operate in this here. And I, I want you to see this with me this morning, John chapter 1. I want you to read this with me. Because people in the world are searching for truth, and the truth is we have the truth. And it's on the inside of us. And in John 8, 31, you don't have to look there, but it says continue and abide in the word, and the word will set you free. The word will continually set you free. It's not a one-time freedom thing. It's a continually set you free. Because some of the things we set, we're set free of in our teens, in our 20s, and 30s, we need to be set free in our 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. How many say amen? It's a different game, but we still need freedom. We still need God's grace. And I want you to look at this this morning with me when it says in John chapter 1. Let's start in verse 14. I just want to stretch your capacity this morning. I just want you to answer who has the authority of my life and what's going on. And I, we're going to look at the authority of God's word and his final word on the issues of life. God calls you blessed. He calls us healed. He calls us delivered. That's how God sees us this morning. And it's very important you see yourself as God sees you because you and I are an ambassadors for him. We represent him. We got the keys. Listen, guys. We've got the keys to the kingdom at our hands right here. We got the keys to the kingdom. Keys unlock things. Keys unlock things. Some of us have lived in poverty for generations. Keys of the word of God will break poverty off your life. Some of us have lived with continual sickness in our families. Heart disease, cancer, diabetes has just ran through our families. Depression. The keys of the kingdom are the words of the heavenly father. And whom the son sets free, he sets free what? indeedly free that's mean you got the light on we're going to leave with the light on we're going to have the light on here look what it says with me and the word verse 14 chapter 1 of John 
and the Word. Notice that's a capital W. And the Word, that's a capital W. Look at this. The Word, capital W. Everybody say capital. That's not a little W. That's a big W. And wherever you see that word, Word, with a capital W, you're going to see what it means. It means more than just a word or a group of words. There's a personality and a person attached to that. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who do you think he's talking about? Jesus. Jesus is the Word. Right here's the Word. Right here's Jesus. Is Jesus in here? Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for me and you today while we're in church, while we're worshiping Him, while we're building faith, while we're being stretched, while we're putting an expectation and demand on the Word. Jesus is the right hand of the Father. But he's also in his word, and he is the word. He is the word. That's why when we give, listen, we need to give Jesus to people, not traditions, not thoughts, not tales. We need to give Jesus to people. We need to give an answer of the word to people's problems and situations. How many can agree with that? And the word Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. So he walked with them, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. So they got to walk with the Word. Let me give this to you right now. We get to walk with the Word. The Word forever settled in our hearts. The Word renewing our minds. The Word changing the way we think. The Word changing the way we look at ourselves. Looking into the mirror of the Word will always leave you with anticipation of expectation. That it can be better that you can change, that you can overcome that sin or that habit, that the Word will always give you hope and assurance, a blessed assurance, a projection that I don't have to stay this way. I want to speak to you prophetically this morning, guys. You don't have to die with the same hang-ups of your family. You don't have to die with the same problems that your family's had for years. You don't have to die mean and bitter and 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 negative and neglectful you don't have to die that way you and I can live matter of fact we can live out our days and just walk on over into glory there's two guys that never did die Enoch and Elijah they never died they never tasted death Enoch walked with God so far one day at the end of the garden God said I'm going home tonight you're gonna sleep with me hallelujah how many have like God said just go sleep with me tonight and then he goes I don't sleep so you sleep and I no, you won't sleep in heaven I'm not sure we sleep in heaven. God doesn't sleep in heaven. I'm not sure we need sleep in heaven. We need sleep here. I'm not sure we need sleep there. But I do know they have marriage feasts and, and they have all kinds of buffets. And I do know there's a, there's a, there's a sea and we get to swim. And I do know there's grass. And I, I do know they got to have a stable because all the horses, everybody gets to ride back and overcome the devil. I do know there's a lot of stuff in heaven. I dream about my daddy three nights a week on the heaven. He talks to me in dreams, you know. So oh, I don't believe in dreams. Well, that's okay. Eat a couple of pieces. You'll dream. Amen. But I'm telling you, sometimes God will speak to us in dreams and visions. Is that true? I'm telling you, my daddy's going to teach me things when I get there. He always did here. He's going to teach me things there. But, if, you know, a thousand, a thousand years here is like a day there, so he's only been gone a couple days. He, he ain't even been gone a day. He's, not even, he's only been, He ain't even gone an hour. He ain't even gone ten minutes. He ain't even gone 10 minutes. I sound like Brother Hagin. I get so excited. He, he ain't even gone 10 minutes. And, and just, I, I know there's tours in heaven. I know Jesus gives personal tours. 
And, and I, I know from reading things of Scripture and people have had time in heaven and came back, man, how many excited about heaven? But I, I want to take, I want to load my wagon and take everybody I can to heaven with me. I want to see people freed here and have some heaven here. I don't want us to be bound by the same curses and sins that God has paid for that our families just drifted through our family. You know, jealousy is a terrible thing. I know some people are jealous of everybody. They're jealous of anybody does well. They're just jealous. Well, just, yeah, yeah. But well, you just, you know. I had an uncle. Uncle was a risk taker. And he, he, he mixed that with faith in his life. And at the end of his life, he just lived by faith. And, and there were some people jealous of what he did. And I was just a young, you know, barely out of teenage years. And this one guy my age was barking about my uncle, da 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 saying stuff. I just took it, you know, as long as I could. And I said, I'll tell you what, buddy. Why don't you go to PCA and borrow half a million dollars, because I know he's got one loan lease that big, to buy cattle. And why don't you go find you two guys to work every day, to mend fence, bush hog, put up hay. Why don't you take that risk? Or if you can't, shut your I filled in some blanks. I don't do that anymore. Well, once in a while, I slip. But anyway, pray for pastor. Lord, help pastor. Amen. <laughs> I said, until you're willing to take that risk, shut your mouth. Why'd you say that? I don't like people talking from a point that they don't have expectation of what is true. Amen? How many can agree with that? Experience demands that we listen to some degree how you got there. Look what it says. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the grace the Father had on him. Listen to what it says in the Amplified. And the word, Christ, became flesh, human and incarnate. Everybody say human. Jesus was human. Listen, guys, listen, listen. We need just to be, be as honest as we can and go back to fundamentals and rudiments of just what is simple. And because I would ask, when I was a little fella, I asked a lot of questions. I still do. But I would ask pastors and different ones questions. And I would ask questions of the natural because I wanted to have a spiritual result. And I would say things like this. Did Jesus go to the bathroom? And they, they wouldn't answer me. I needed to know, did Jesus go to the bathroom? Why do I need to know that? I was looking for his humanity. See, I can't connect with his deity, but I can connect with his humanity. James who taught us that we should wait for patience. James, who taught us that we can overcome by trusting in the word. That's a half-brother of Jesus. He lived in the same house growing up. He understood the humanity and the deity. Jesus, when he cursed the fig tree, that was the humanity. Most theologians think he was hungry. I don't know, it wasn't the time of figs. I'm going to get into all that, but that tree should have been ready to respond. How many say amen? But the truth is, when he spoke the word to it, it began to die right then. But you couldn't see it with your physical eyes, as we sang about this morning, and you couldn't, you couldn't touch it and see it begin to die. But I'm telling you, there's things dying in your life right now you need to keep expecting God's going to completely kill that thing. And you're going to, with your tongue, and the word of God put a sword to that thing. Pornography. We don't talk about pornography in church because it's, you know, it's like having on a bathing suit too little. It's just, it's just awkward. But pornography is ruining, ruining men and women's lives, boys and girls' lives. Pornography. How many here's ever had that thing pop up on your screen and you wasn't looking for it? Pop goes the weasel. How many had that little crackerjack thing you cracked when you was little and the clown popped up? <laughs> 
You're just doing life, and all of a sudden, whoo, where'd that come from? The devil's a liar. He's trying to bait us with wrong thoughts, ideas, and imagination. But I'm telling you things from overeating to pornography to lying. How many know some people just can't tell the truth? You beg them to tell the truth, they're going to lie to you. If you ask them what the day is, they never say Sunday. Somewhere between Saturday and Monday, but they never say Sunday. How many know somebody like that? Those things can be broken off your life. Unbelief. Unbelief. They kept coming to Jesus saying, help my unbelief. How many's got some unbelief besides Pastor Pat today needs to be worked on? Let's say it out loud. Say, Father God, Father God, through your word, help my unbelief. Help me drive it out and replace it with the truth, the word. That's what the word says. Listen to what it says. And it says, and the word Christ became flesh, human and incarnate, and tabernacled. Tabernacle. This is what the Amplified says. Fixed his tent of flesh and lived a while. Tabernacle. That's what we're doing. We're tabernacling here in the earth. We're only here a short time. So you, you young kids might, some of you might know this and some of you might not. How many knows what Velcro is? How many knows Velcro gets on you? How many's ever got that Gorilla Glue on you and you glued something and you didn't aim to glue? How many's ever walked through a pasture that needed to be mowed a month prior and there's cucklebirds in there? How many's been rabbit hunting, squirrel hunting, and you get cucklebirds all over you? How many's ever been on a creek bank and you thought you had a good time until you went home and you itched like one eye was falling out and you got chiggers all over you? I'm telling you, those things that attach themselves to us, we have the authority to get rid of them in Jesus' name. There's an anointment, the healing power of Gilead. There's an anointing in the Word of God released by the Holy Ghost to put the salve on, get rid of the chiggers, pull the cucklebirds off, and not walk around with them. If you lived in the country, I'm sure you got on the school bus one time or another with a cucklebird stuck to you. And the kids would make fun of you at school because you had a cucklebird. I always turned around and said, I wish you had a cucklebird. Because you've been a pain to me ever since I've known you. I wish you had a cucklebird. But anyway, I wasn't so popular in some places in school until my last year. But anyway, listen to what it says. Tabernacle fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while, lived amongst us, and we actually saw his glory. His honor, his majesty. We saw his glory. Look at that. We saw Jesus' glory. Do you know they tried to push him off a cliff once? Do you know they got so mad at him? They were going to push him off the brow of a cliff, and the Bible says he just walked out among them. I want to encourage you. Those people are persecuting you. Those people are trying to destroy you. Those people are using their tongues against you. You can walk right through them in mercy and glory and humility, and they'll never touch you. Don't get over there with them. Don't trade evil for evil. Don't give a word against them for a word against you. You declare what God says, that what God starts in you, he's going to finish. And they're not the resulting judge of your life. There's only one judge, and his name is Jesus. Amen? And he's done paid the price for our penalty. I like this judge. He's done paid the price for our penalty. Even the sins we will commit, he's already paid the price ahead of time. I love it when people pay ahead of time. For things to bless us. And it says we saw his glory, his honor, his majesty. Such glory as all the only begotten son receives from his father. Full of grace, favor, loving kindness and truth. They're talking about the word. They're talking about Jesus. They're talking about us applying the word to a situation. Turn to Isaiah with me please. Isaiah 55. 
Isaiah 55. Let's look at what the Word says. How many loves the Word this morning? I'm telling you, God's got a Word for your situation. He has a Word from your situation, and when it comes out of your heart, through your mouth, out of a renewed mind, that Word is activated. It's called faith. Now, today, present, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hoping for total manifestation of physical healing. Hoping for total manifestation of healing in our family. Hoping for total restoration in our marriages. Hoping that we'll be able to get to a point that we can give to every good work. That poverty, the back of poverty has been broken through the acts and the word of Jesus Christ. Hoping that we can have a sound mind. I'm telling you guys, there was a time in my life I lived off medication. And if you use antidepressants, there is no shame or whatsoever. But I want to tell you something, you can get to a point you don't need them. And the doctor will tell you. And you replace that with the word of God. I switched medicines. That's what I did. I switched medicines. I still fight sometimes opportunity to be depressed. Anybody here fight the opportunity to be depressed besides Pastor Pat? Anybody sometimes live in a negative hole and get stuck there? I just want to encourage you, to you and I, to look at the medicine that God has, and then the doctors will be able to tell you when you don't need the medicine you have. It's a blessing to you right now. Does that make sense? And just get up every morning and take our medicine. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Woo-wee. My cat came home. I lost my cat. Give away Gianna's dog. I sit and moan over that sometimes. And my cat, George, and uh, he took off. It's a cat she drug in from somewhere. He took off. And I said, well, there he goes. I lost my dog, lost my cat. How many ever had a pity party besides Pastor Pat? You know where my cat was? My cat was over at Dooley's. Dooley's feeding my cat. And Brooke said originally the cat was Dooley's and John, John stole the cat or brought him back to me. I, I don't know. But this morning, he was just licking on the window looking at me. And you know what? Brooke had done fed him some cat food, and it was wonderful. But I went in there and got some ham and chopped it up and gave it to him. Amen. I love to reward people with good food. How many, I mean, that cat, he looks at me like, boy, you the sucker. Bless your heart. Amen. My cat came home. I'm telling you, your cat can come home. What you've been dreaming that you've lost can come home. The intimacy with God, it can come home. The grace on your life, it's never left. And I'm telling you, there's a stirring up. And uh, you, didn't, you come here to be encouraged this morning. You come here to be challenged this morning. You come here to be released. I didn't give you a couple scriptures and a poem to make you feel good. I'm giving you what the Holy Ghost says. Keep the light on. Keep the light on. Keep the light on. Stir the word in your heart. Have a hunger for the word. And I'm preaching to myself. I don't know if Brooke did it or not. Brooke's upstairs doing a class. I don't know how it happened. All I know is somebody took my NFL channel away. Because I beeped and beeped and smacked the TV, and I kept figuring out, well, they changed stations, and I looked, and no, nope, 154, beep, beep, beep. No longer are we able to, beep, 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 beep. you can contact me and pay your money and get it back. I lost my NFL channel. But you know what? God's using that saying, well, you know what? You watch a lot of NFL, don't you? Yep, pretty, pretty much. You think you're coaching sometimes. Yep, pretty much. Nobody's hearing me. I'm hollering. And the Lord said, let's just move a little bit over my time a little more. So I didn't lose the NFL channel. I gained more access to God. Like, I don't care if I like the NFL. How many say amen? But I'm telling you, guys, he has so much more in store for us. Look at what it says, Isaiah 55. We'll close here. And it says this, excuse me, verse 10. It says, for the rain comes down, the snow from heaven. And thank you, Father, for the rain we need in Jesus' name. 
We ask you for it. We praise you for it. We thank you for it. That our grass and our hay fields and our gardens, everything will green up. And we'll enter into fall with some green and have a great fall. And waters the earth. It makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. God wants us in that rotation. And it says, so shall my word be. Look at this. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The Amplified. So you should go out from the spiritual state so, excuse me, verse 11. So you shall shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without any producing effect or being useless, but it shall accomplish, accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing which I send it. Father God, we thank you. Your word will not come back to you void. And the word in our mouth and our heart, your word will not come back to us void. And Father, we thank you today as we declare and we speak the word to our situation. We talk to the fig tree. We talk to the mountain. We don't talk about it. We talk to, not about. Your word will accomplish and we'll keep thanking you and declaring and speaking and believing and we'll keep the light on of expectation Father God, that what you've started in us, you're going to finish. And Father God, I thank you. I just release the power of hope and expectancy today that the game's not over, our life is not finished, that you can recoup and regain things that have been lost and stolen. And Father, I thank you we leave here with the light on. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a loud amen.